you said. You ready to get in the Word this morning? Good. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bibles out this morning. Let's jump in the Word together. First of all, open up your Bibles to the book of Mark. I've got a little bit of time, but I here's the thing. Let me just share this with you real quick as you're turning to the book of Mark. So I've been working. I've been planning. I've been prepping. God's been giving me scriptures. God's been giving me series. God's been giving me all these great things. And I had written this eight part, almost almost nine parts series called Back to Basics. And some of you have heard me do Back to Basics before, but every time I do it, I add different scriptures. And so I planned out this whole series. And then last night, about 2.30, 3 o'clock, God woke me up. You ever had those moments where God wakes you up and you're like, oh, no, he's talking. Oh, no. <laughs> it was one of those, I can't go back to sleep until I find out what he wants. And, and so God said, I need you to preach this message. And if you know me well enough, I don't like to regurgitate old messages. I'm one of those pastors that I like to seek the face of God for something brand new all the time. That's just the way I live my life. I don't, I don't preach other people's messages. I don't, I, don't, I don't go order messages online, amen, because I don't know if you know you can do that as a pastor. You can just buy your sermons online and preach them, which I'll never do because I believe that you should seek the face of God for the sheep in your house. Amen. And so I'm always about that. But God just laid this on my heart. He said, I need you to go back and preach this message. This is what he said to me. He said, they heard it, but they didn't hear it. You ever heard a message, but you didn't hear it? You know what I'm talking about? It was good in the moment. But the difference between hearing it and hearing it is what you do with it. Because the Bible says that you cannot just be doers of the word, but you must not just be hearers of the word, but you must be doers of the word. And, and one of the things that's always a struggle sometimes is that I have this desire for you to do the word more than you hear the word. And so God laid this on my heart. He said, Brian, you're sitting on the brand new month of a brand new decade of a brand new year, and I need you to give them this message again because this, without this, you will not succeed this year. So what I'm about to give you is the success to your 2020. Oh, y'all are like, y'all all years in now, huh? Pastor, what does that mean? I didn't talk about stuff. I'm talking about your success, like your joy, your peace. Your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your self-control. Talking about the fruits of the Spirit, I'm talking about walking in the abundance of God, not the abundance of stuff. Because I just, I got to say this real quick. We, we have got to get God out of the sugar daddy category. We've got to get God outside of the give me category. He's already given you. What else could you possibly need? If you're not sure what God's given you, take a deep breath. You're sitting in the room. Just breathe. You'll find out God's good. You might not have gotten it the way you wanted it, but you're still here. There are people this morning that did not wake up. They woke up in glory. Some woke up in hell. But you're still here. So why are you still here? Did you ever think for a second that the reason you're still here is because God's not done with you yet? That the reason you're breathing this morning is because God's got a mission and a plan for you. And maybe, just maybe, this might be the year that we, as a church, as believers, as individuals, finally stop telling God what we'll eventually do and finally just do what he's been calling us to do. My, we might just, and before you think, well, that's me preaching from the pulpit, Pastor. Be careful what you ask for. These lights are hot and bright and create a lot of transparency in your existence that sometimes it's very uncomfortable to tell people. That be careful what you ask for, but, but, but maybe just maybe God's just calling you to be you, not someone else. Because in you is the thing that he wants to pour out so that lives are radically changed forever. Not just for a moment, but for eternity. So this morning, I've come into this place to share with you a two-part message that we'll do today and next week. But I want to share with you the mandate from God here at the house. Because God's up to something. But I want him to be up to something in your something. I don't want him to just be up to something in this church. I want him to be up to something in your existence, in your life. 
This morning, I desire for this to be more than what we just experience when the church opens. I want church to be more than just a Sunday ritual. I want it to be an everyday existence. I want us to have this same power, this same might, this same authority, this same outpouring on a Monday, not just on a Sunday. So then we get to Monday, we go, oh God, I can't wait for Sunday again. Did you know that Monday could be better than your Sunday? The great part is, is you're going to have to lead yourself. You won't have a worship team. You're going to have to become your worship team. Pastor, I don't sing. It's okay. God still loves you. But I don't preach good. But you can strengthen yourself and speak into yourself and declare God's word over yourself and watch God move in your life. This morning, I've come to deliver the mission of this church. The mission. Some of you know it. Some of you don't. It's on the screen behind me just in case you're ever wondering. You'll see it all over the church. It's on the signs in the foyer. We put it everywhere. But for some reason, we seem to miss it. Not just the mission of the church, but the mission of the people that call this place home. I need you to understand that we have to do this thing this year. We can't wait for 2021. This is the year we step into this. The book of Mark, chapter 12, verse 29. If you got it, say, I got it. 29 through 31, it says this. Jesus answered him. The first of all commandments. What did he say? The what? The what? The second. The fourth? The afterthought. The first of all commandments is what? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your, with all of your, with all of your, and with all of your, this is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you underline anything in your Bible, underline the last part of this scripture. There is no other commandment greater than these there is no other commandment greater than these so let me say this to you if any other commandment you've made greater than this you might want to check what you're doing the mission of this house love god love people and we're going to break that down this morning let me give you the backstory of where we're at in this moment the scribes, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees are all trying to pinpoint Jesus into a moment of saying something he shouldn't say. The religious people are asking him questions to try to convict him, uh, uh, to try to make him turn it, become a false prophet or, or somebody. You know, it just they're trying to they're trying to blow up the spot on him real bad. And, and so they're asking questions. They're asking poignant questions that are based on religious law rather than what Jesus came under the grace. They're trying to pinpoint him to make him look like a bad guy to the people that are listening to him. And so they're asking him questions. If you read Mark chapter 29, Mark chapter 12 leading up to 29, they ask him question after question after question. And Jesus, like he always does, he just goes, boop, boop, boop. He just keeps nailing them. So we get to this point where one of the scribes, one of the scribes, one of the writers, one of the writers of law is asking Jesus in this moment because he's trying so hard to just knock him off. And he says there, he says, Jesus, in verse 28, which is the first commandment of all? What he was basically saying was, you've come here and you're declaring this, but you don't know what we know. 
Can I just say this as a sidebar real quick? This is a problem in the church today. Because we got a bunch of religious people in church that think that they're full grown rather than they still have to grow. You don't full grow and full, you're not full grown until you finish the race. Right? And, but, but for some reason, we got people in the churches today that are full grown. No wonder nobody wants to come in our churches because how do we fit in? How do we come in? We, we can't come in because everyone around us is full grown. No one has to grow. I've got to grow. I need to be around people that need to grow. There's a, there's a dilemma when we have more full-grown believers in the church than we do growing believers in the church. And let me say this to you as your pastor. I'm still growing. And let me help you with this. I'm going to keep growing till I finish the race. Till I'm all done. Because that's how you find a maturity is whether or not you endure till the end, not just you endure the moments you call life. Okay. And so, so there's a dilemma now, and I'm reading this, and I'm looking at this, and I'm realizing that there's a dilemma in the church because we have made the church uncomfortable for people that need to grow. Because how do I grow around full-grown trees who love to declare their maturity in the things of the Lord? Look how big my branches are. I am great. I do miracles so great. There is no one else like me. Come on, work with me for a second. You've seen them. You know those full-grown oak trees. That if you looked at the core of them, you'd find out they were dry and rotted. But the exterior looks really cute. It looks fluffy, but just give them some time. The limbs start to dim. They start to fade. They start to fall apart. Leaves fall. And then, you, well, what happened? What, what happened to the strong oak? The strong oak didn't think it needed to grow any further. Didn't think it needed to be watered. Didn't, didn't, no wonder people don't want to come to church anymore. Because, unfortunately, we've become so full-grown. Let me tell you why we've become full-grown. Because we don't win the lost anymore. We leave the lost. See, you, when you understand that the lost exists, then you have to grow into a position to win the lost. You don't just get to talk about the lost and hope they show up one day. See, there's a thing about it. When, when, when the church stops growing, when people in the church stop growing, it's because there's too much grown in the church. I need everyone to understand in this place, I don't care if you've been saved since you came out in the womb and angels came out in the womb with you. You are not full grown. You are still growing. Let me help you with something. I love you enough to tell you. When you act full grown, I'm going to tell you you're acting full grown. Because if you got all the answers, please go start a church and do it better than me. Please go do something somewhere else because you are great. You do miracles so great. You always have to have a position because, listen, if we're going to reach our city, they got to understand we're still in the process too. And aren't, can I just be honest with you? I'm glad I'm in the process. Because being in the process gives me access. I don't feel like I've failed God. I feel like I have an opportunity to go back to God and get it right. If I'm full grown, then I don't need God. I become a God. Hmm, okay. Just trying to... So the scribe's asking Jesus, the scribe asked Jesus, which of these commandments, which, are the, which is the first commandment of all? And in all honesty, this should be the question that we ask ourselves every day because this is actually the lifestyle that we should live. This is, this is not religious banter. This is not law. This is actually a commandment, and we should walk by it. Not what is our first commandment for him, but what is his first commandment for us? Because let's be honest, we give God a lot of commandments. Come on, work with me for a second. God's got 10, and we got about 60 for him. God, do this. 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 God, where you at? God, why do you do this? God, why do you handle that? And God's going, 
Because I'm not going to. Because I'm not going to step into that place with you. Because I gave you commandments and this is a reciprocated relationship. This is not a one-way street. I don't give you everything. I'm not your sugar daddy. We work at this together. It's a give and take. Or it's really a give and give. <laughs> Come on, work with me for a second. So, so he's in this moment and they're, they're trying to throw him under the bus and they're, they're trying to throw religion at him and they're trying to do all these things. And, and Jesus comes back to him and says the first commandment in verse 29, first of all, his commandment is, Hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Jesus responds with the first words of the central confession of the Jewish faith. He responds with the first words of the central confession of the Jewish faith. It is called, and I'm probably going to mess this up, the Shema. Did I nail it? I want to just make sure I got, I, got, I, got, I got somebody who understands Hebrew. So I want to make sure I nailed that right. It's called the Shema. The Shema was cited two times a day, every morning and evening, as a symbolic declaration that God is one. He is first. Now let's be honest. Let's be honest. The church, in its situation and condition today does not make God first. Could you imagine what a church service would look like if God was truly first? Not an afterthought, not a secondary thought, not when I need something. Come on, work with me for a second because we're really good at running to God when we need him to do something. Go, oh God, I didn't talk to you all week, but God, my tire's flat. Can you please fill it with air? No, stop driving on nails, dummy. No, 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 I'm, I'm just being serious because it, it amazes me sometimes what we do. We, we don't talk to God all week long and then we approach him as if, we have relationship. We don't have relationship because he's not first. He's, he's become second. He's become third. He's become an afterthought. Look, I got to spend the first 30 minutes on a Sunday to get you in position to believe that God is one. Right? Then we all walk into the house of God believing that he is first because all week long he's been my first. In order for us to fulfill this mission, God must become first, the number one. And we must believe that there is only one God. Let me help you with something. There are not multiple ways to God. I don't care what any theologians or any pastors want to tell you. There is not multiple directions to God. There is one. The Bible says that the only way to the Father is through Jesus. It. Stop. Don't say nothing else. If you want to say something else, you are completely out the word. Go find whatever book you're reading and stick to it because it is not Bible. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through Jesus. Anybody have any problems with that? Because that's what we teach in this house. Biblical foundational principles. We hold on to the word of God. We do not change its scriptures. We must believe that there is only one God. Not just in what we believe, but in what we serve. So here would be a good question. Do you have any other gods in your life right now? Do you have any other gods in your life right now? What are you serving? I'm serving my money. I'm serving my, my, my house and my cars. I'm serving. L listen, if everything that you have gets more attention than God gets, that's the God in your life. It's, am it's amazing. We say we serve God, but we really don't. We serve everything else, and then we call the stuff we have God. Who or what do you serve today? Pastor, I serve God. Praise God. I'm so glad you do. I'm so grateful that you do. But understand that every day you're going to have to wake up and make that decision to serve God. It is not something you just wake up and do. It's something you choose to do. It is a choice to serve God. But I need you to understand that if 2020 is going to be that year, that year we've been believing for, that year we've been believing God to do great things, then he's going to have to become your number one. If he becomes your number two, your three, your four, your five, or six, you're going to walk out of 2020 the way you walked out of 2019. 
wondering why didn't it happen this year. God has to become the number one thing in our existence. God has to be more important than my beautiful wife. He's got to be more important than my four great children. He's got to be more important. My time with God has got to be more important than me preaching to you on a Sunday. Hello. Hello. Oh, Pastor, you just get up there and do it. I could. I could get up here and do all the things and make you feel good and preach some good scriptures. And you're like, wow, that was great. But you'll never grow from it. I got to make him number one because I'm not going to serve anything else. He told me I had to love my wife. He didn't say I had to serve my wife. He said to serve him. Serve him. Makes loving her real easy. Amen. All right. Look at, look at verse 30 for me real quick. It says not only do you have to make God number one, but he goes on in verse 30. And I'm going to break down verse 30 piece by piece. And you shall love the Lord your God. What does he say? You shall what? Love. Love, love is not complaining. You shall love. Love is not arguing. You shall love. Love is not being frustrated or angered or walking out. Love is staying in it no matter what. You might not agree, but he's God and you're not. Shut up and take it. You're God. He's God. You're not. Just take what he wants to tell you so he can get you where he's trying to get you. Understanding that everything that God tells you, everything that God leads you into is to get you to the place he's trying to get you to. A place that's far better than the place you stand in right now. But here's the problem. We have a tendency to argue with God. Can I get an amen from a church member somewhere in this church that Pastor, I've argued with God at some point in my life? I think we've all done that at some point. God said, do this. You're like, ah, ha, ha. That, you must have been talking to Pastor this morning. It wasn't for me. God, you just let me get ear of what you were telling. I'm going to give pastor a word today. God, you gave me a word for our pastor. I'm going to go tell him. Amen. Then I'm going to look at you in the face and go, how many times did you tell him no before you came to tell me? It's amazing how many times people want to give a word but won't receive a word. It's amazing to me how many people got a word for everybody else but can't get a word for themselves because they will not listen to what God's talking to them. How can you love God but ignore him? That'd be like me looking at my wife, baby, I love you. And she calls me and goes, Babe, I've been calling you. What? That's not love. That's just existence. That's just us having some kind of sideways relationship rather than one that's built on love, one that's built on covenant, one that's built on relationship with each other. That's what God's saying. Love the Lord your God. Love him. Can I tell you something? If you're talking trash about him, you don't love him. If you're talking about him, you look, I can't tell my wife, baby, I love you, and then go over here. Dylan, man, I can't stand my wife. She's crazy. But you need to pray for me. That, that woman, she, whoo, Jesus. That's not love. That's hatred. Because if I talk ill about her, I don't love her. The opposite of love is what? Dislike? No. The opposite of love is hate. There's no gray area in between the two. Now, there are days when my marriage that we like each other a whole bunch. Love has to be worked on, but there are days we just like each other a lot. She's like, you, you just, you in a like category today. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Goes vice versa too. Praise the Lord. No, Pastor Tiffany, she's always just so loving. Okay. Amen. All right. We're going to leave it there. I need to go home this afternoon. Amen. It says, and you shall love the Lord your God, but do we state that we love God all the time, but do we really know what that means? God, we love you. With what? What do you love God with? Your attendance? Oh, I go to church on Sundays. That's how I love God. The devil came to church this morning. I don't know if you understand that. Some of y'all, he was in the car with you on the way to church, (laughs) making you and your... 
We're going to go to church. Good morning. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad to be here. Don't look at me. <laughs> we'll talk after church. <laughs> I worship you. Ah, I've seen it. I've watched it happen. Hello. What do you love him with? What are the things you love him with? My attendance, my, my tithe. I love God with my tithe. Let me help with something. If you give your tithe and you call that loving God, you have missed it. That's called buying God. And God's not for sale. Ah, Pastor, I'm a tither. I love God. No, I, I give because God says give. That's his commandment over my life. And because he's given to me, I give back, Jack. I'm glad he's not asking me to crawl on a cross. Praise God. So I'll give him what he's given me. There are four distinct areas that God has said to love him. You cannot love him in one area. You must strive to love him in all areas. You ready? Are you ready? Are you getting anything out so far? Pastor, I've heard this message before. Good. Hear it again. Amen. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. That you, you shall love the Lord your God with what? Stop right there. Whoo. Even the broken places? Yes, even the broken places. The heart is the center of the total personality, especially with reference to intuition, feeling, or emotion. That is Webster's Dictionary of the heart. The center of the total personality, especially with reference to intuition, feeling, or emotion. It represents your right now. Does it represent your past? Listen to me. If your heart only represents your past, then you're not letting him heal you. Hello. God says, stop loving me with your pain and love me with your right now, today, this second, this moment. Don't base the love condition with God based on what he didn't do for you in the past or what you hope he'll do for you in the future. Your heart is the centermost part of your existence right now. Watch this. If your heart stops right now, what do you do? Beep. You're dead. That means your right now is dead. Does it mean your past is dead? It doesn't even mean your future's dead. I mean, how do you know that? Because God gave you a future and a hope. Doesn't mean just because you're physically dead doesn't mean the future died, you died. If your heart stops, if you stop loving God, what you're telling God is, God, I don't want to go to the future. I just want to die in the now. He said, Love the Lord God with how much of your heart? Okay, here's the condition. This piece right here is okay. The rest of this is trashed. Hey, God, uh, here you go. I'm giving you the good pieces. God says, that's not love. Because if you loved me, you'd trust me. And if you trusted me, you'd take out the whole thing, put it in my hand, and understand that I can make all things new. I can heal every broken place in your life if you just give me your whole heart. For some reason, we think that God's sitting up in heaven and doesn't know the condition of our hearts. And see, here's the thing. God's not going to take your heart from you. He's going to make you give it. God's not going to go, give me your heart. He's going to go, here's my hand. Can you give it to me? Can you trust me? I just want to do a work in you. I just want to speak to your heart. I want to bring love to you. I want to bring peace to you. I want to bring joy to you. Come on. I know. Look, I know you've cried at nights. And man, I've tried. I've tried so hard to comfort you in those moments where you laid in your bed and you cried yourself to sleep. But the problem was that you kept giving me the whole piece rather than the whole piece. You've been giving me this one little piece because that's all you wanted me to see. That's all you wanted me to think you had it all under control. But yet you wouldn't allow me into the other space of your life. And I just want to get in. I want you to love me with your whole heart, not the good parts of your life, but all of your life. Because I want to make every crooked 
crooked path straight. I want to tend to your spaces. I want to minister to those places where people have hurt you, where they've walked out on you. I want to minister to where you are right now. Can I help you with something? Somebody asked me one time, said, Pastor, how did you get over the pains of your past? I stopped talking about them. I stopped reliving them. I let God have my whole heart. Not just the part that I had reserved and God had gotten a hold of before bad dads got a hold of it or before pain got a hold of it or because of my bad decisions got a hold of it. I let God, I said, God, you know what? This is all gross. Here, take it off. Because let me be honest with you. If you've got a part of your heart that's roughed up, it affects the whole. <laughs> it, it, they're, 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 it's not whole until he makes it whole. And so people go, how, how did you get over you know, your, your real dad leaving before you were born and your stepdad being abusive and alcoholic? How did you get over it? How did you get through it? I can't fix this, God. I've been trying for years. I've been trying to do things differently, and I can't make it right. So I'm going to take this heart, put it in the creator's hand, the one who made it from the beginning. Your plan was not for me to have to go through this, but you allowed me to go through this. And so, God, I'm thanking you that I went through this, but, God, my heart got damaged in the process. And I can't fix this, but only you can fix what you created. So let me put it back in the creator's hand and let you have it. Watch this. When he put it back in, people go, Pastor, how are you over it? I'm good. I'm good. Here's the truth. I used to worry that I'd never be a good father, never be a good husband. But when God got a hold of my heart, I realized that none of what happened in my past mattered in my present. Because God said, love me with all your heart in the moment. I'm a great dad. I don't care if Judah doesn't agree. <laughs> Doggone it. I'm an amazing dad. You want to know why? Because I'm fearfully, wonderfully made in him, not in him. So God's given, but I got to love him with all of my heart. I got to love him more than I love my wife. Woohoo! I got to love him more than I love everything else. Love the Lord God with all of your heart. But do we? In order for us to love him with all of our heart, we must, he must be the owner of our heart, not the renter or a visitor. God does not rent space in your heart. He does not visit your heart. He dwells. He dwells. That means he takes residence in your heart. Have you allowed him to move in yet? That, I need you to understand. When he shows up, he's bringing like trucks of stuff. He's got his own furniture. He don't care about your furniture. He doesn't care about your decor. He doesn't care about whatever you got in there. He's going to clean house. He's going to wipe it clean. Well, the Bible says old things are passed away and all things have become new. You better be excited that somebody's coming to renovate your heart. Some of us need some heart renovation. Y'all working with me this morning? Some of us need God to come in and just be like, you know what? This, this paint is ugly. Mauve is not a cool color anymore. No. Get over it. Let it go. Okay. In order for us to love him with all our heart, he must be the owner of our heart. The heart represents our, our right now. So you need to love him in your now. Do you love him right now? Will you love him tomorrow? Without the worship team? Without the preacher? Without the church service and other believers sitting in the room, will you still love him with the same fervency, with the same desire, with the same passion? Will you wake up in the morning and go, God, you're better today than you were Sunday? Because I have an expectation. He says, love the Lord with all of your heart. Then he goes on and says, with all of your soul. With all of your soul. The word soul is defined as this, the spiritual part of a person that determines its moral aspect. Let me slow that down for you for a second. The spiritual part of a person that determines its morality. The soul is separate from the body. Jesus did not come to save your body. He came to save your soul. If you love him with all of your soul, you're loving him into eternity. So right, 
Love him with all of my heart. That's my now. Love him with all of my soul. I'm going to love him into eternity. In other words, I'm going to love him consistently. I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to waver. I'm going to love him in all things. Do you love God in all things? Do you love God when that person cuts you off on the road? Do you love God when that person cuts in line at Walmart? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've been standing there and you looked away for two seconds. They're like, whoop. And they have like 900 items in the 20 item or less checkout line. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It, it, this, okay, it, it's like this. Last night we went and picked up food from uh, Texas Roadhouse, and uh, we were we were getting some food, and and we were sitting there, and I guess they were they were backed up. I mean, have you ever been to Texas Roadhouse on a Saturday? It is like ungodly. Like, don't go. I'm just gonna tell you right now, don't go. You're not gonna get a seat for like four hours. And so we ordered ours to go, and we're standing there, and this lady was in front of us, and and I could tell she was a little bit agitated. But by the time she got to the counter, she was really agitated because. They were backed up, and they were trying to work some things out, and her food was sitting on the shelf, which y'all know it means it's getting cold. But when you order food to go, is it ever warm by the time you get it home anyway? So you kind of know what you're getting, but okay. So she gets up to the counter, slinging her hands. Judah's like backing up. He's like, Dad, I thought it was about to go down. Like, I didn't know what we were going to do. I didn't know if to run. Dive, hide, get underneath the counter. What, what's going to happen? She's, get my food. Okay, watch. She couldn't even love God in the now. What do you think her eternity feels like? If she's so displeased in her life that some food can steal her joy, that tells me that there is a struggle of God being the sole owner of her heart. And so she is now struggling with loving God with her heart and with her soul. Her promise lied in four to-go containers in a bag on a shelf. Can I just say this to you? Do not let food become the thing that becomes your greatest demon in life. I get hangry folk. I'm married to one. Actually, I'm married to like five of them because all my kids are the same way. They get no food. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Wrong way. Okay, that's how I feel sometimes. Okay, but, 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 but listen, if you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your now and all the way into eternity, then these stupid things don't stop you from loving. Because you are caught up in those moments, not the futile temporal moments of your existence. If somebody cuts you off, wave at them, give them a thumbs up. I love you. <laughs> not blank you. Or beep you. Or, or if you want to cuss the neighbor out that cuts you off, take the house sticker off your car first. <laughs> then do whatever you want to do and make it between you and God. But please don't put me in the mix. Oh, he's one of those that goes to the house. <laughs> Pastor, I came to your church today. I wasn't going to come. Why? Well, because I was driving on the road the other day. One of your members was driving by, and they sped past me and gave me the finger of fellowship. <laughs> no. Listen, if you love God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, all of your now and all of your eternity, maybe you got cut off because you needed to slow down because God was trying to protect you from something and keep you from something. Maybe, just maybe, God's trying to work some things out, but if you just slow down and let it be, you'll be fine. Love God with your now. Love God into eternity with no desire to step short. Love him into your forever. And then he says with all of your mind. So we've got your heart, your soul, and now your mind. Now, here's the crazy part. Jesus added this piece to the scripture. The original scripture doesn't have this piece in it, but Jesus added this piece to it. According to Jewish culture, the heart was the center of thought. 
But Jesus added the mind because there must be understanding. For Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 says it this way. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. He knew that you can't just love him with your heart and your soul. you got to love him with what you think about, too. Where's your mind? Does your mind think love? Well, I mean, better question, does your mind love God? Or does your mind love everything else? Does your mind love everything you could get rather than what you do have? Or uh, back to my old terminology, what you do got. You'd have to have been here for that Sunday. Amen. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you got to just get your mind under control. How many of you understand your mind is the biggest battlefield you'll ever face sometimes? And what you think affects your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you had to get understanding that spoke to your heart, and that's why you act the way you act. So get your mind right, your heart will get right, and you'll act the right way. And then you'll love God. Here's the thing. It's like people, I don't know if God loves me. Have you read your Bible? For God so loved what? Are you in the world? Then he loves you. But, but, but I thought he was angry. I can't tell you how many people told Pastor God's mad at me. Did he tell you that? Well, no, I just don't, I don't hear him anymore. Well, do you still talk to him? Well, I haven't talked to him in a long time. The only reason you don't feel love is because you won't talk to him. That'd be like me and my wife saying we love each other but never talk to each other. How long do you think that marriage is going to last? She's not going to deal well with that one at all. I can go a whole day. No, 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 no. Wait, what you doing? What you doing? What you doing? I get it. That's how we communicate. I understand it. She's communication. I communicate for a living. Sometimes I come home and I don't want to talk. What did you do today? Worked. That's it. Can I get an amen from one man in the room that's going to join that team with me? Pastor, we're not joining your club. We're going to be sleeping on the couch tonight. No, that's how I feel sometimes. What did you do today? I worked. I know you worked. What did you do? It's got one word. Worked. <laughs> Same thing I do every day worked. Amen. No. So there, there's, this, there's this understanding that you got to get your mind right. How do you get your mind right? Renew it. With what? Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. With what? People's opinions and emotions and Facebook posts. People's opinions about my existence. I don't give a rip what you think. You might not like me. It's okay. I'll be all right. I'm not going to die. You're not the first hater in the world. Somebody said it this way. Haters are just confused fans. I, said, I stole that one. I didn't make that one up, but it was good. Haters are just confused fans. They just haven't gotten on the ship yet. They didn't walk. They didn't get on the love boat. They got on the carnival cruise. If you've been on carnival, I'm sorry. We jokingly call that the poop cruise in our family. Amen. Okay. You got to get some understanding. You got to get your mind right. You got to get your mind right. There's this thing they used to call positive mental attitude. You ever heard that? PMA is positive mental attitude. I believe in it, but I don't believe in it. I believe my positive mental attitude is that with God, I can do all things. Without him, I can do absolutely nothing. And if I understand that, then I will lean into him on every situation rather than make him the afterthought of my own thoughts. I will let him be the king of my thoughts, not the afterthought. So it says, love the Lord God with all of your heart here right now with all of your soul into eternity, with all of your mind, with all of your present thinking, the center most of your thought process. And then he goes on to the last part. He says, with all of your strength, with all of your 
be. Have you loved God till you couldn't hold him anymore? Front row. Hmm. Pastor, don't come here. I want to make him very uncomfortable. Come here. Come here. All the youth went like, yay! Okay, come here. Come here. Hold my hand. God, do you have to deal with this all the time? Is it like this all the time? Bro, come down here for a minute. God, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, get, get right, bro. Get, no, get Sorry. back. Get, get down here. I, do y'all hold hands? How do you, how do you like this? You, you do this, don't you? Yeah. You do this, don't you? Because this, girl, you're short. Like, that, that would be tough, man. Like, babe, hold my hand. I can't. I'm up here. Okay. Do you feel, com- do you feel comfortable right now? I mean, this is on Facebook. This is all over the internet. Like, people are watching right now going, oh, God, we got to pray for that church. Okay. Um, do you feel uncomfortable yet? Just a little bit. That's okay. You can feel uncomfortable. If you were holding your wife's hand, you'd feel better, wouldn't you? Yeah. Why? Okay. Because you love her more than you yeah. love me. Uh, well, uh, Jerk. <laughs> Remember who writes the checks. All right. Okay. Amen. I'm just kidding. Y'all stop being instigators. Teenagers are the worst. Ooh. I can't wait till you get married. Okay. That's right. That's going to get my... Okay. Okay. Do you feel uncomfortable right now? You really want me to let your hand go. Your hand's sweating right now. I just want you to know that. I know. I have sweaty hands. No, you, you're sweating because you're nervous. Because you feel really uncomfortable right now. You're looking at your wife going, hold my hand. Hold it. Okay. The truth be told is that we try to avoid these moments with God. God shows up every day and says, hold my hand. Oh, God, come on. I just want to hold my wife's hand. I don't want to hold your hand. I just want to hold on to my wife's hand. Then you haven't loved him with all your strength. Because the strength he's talking about is not your muscles. It's your ability to endure and to get over yourself long enough so that he can become everything he wants to be in your life. See, I'm not uncomfortable because when I leave here today, when I step down, when he walks away, I'm married to that. I'm not married to this. This would be awkward. I know, what, I, I know what God's given me, but I'm confident. I'm confident that when I hold on to the hand of God, I'm going to make it. Yep. Right? Right, right? Right? Okay. Uh, you feel uncomfortable? You, you really, bro. Like, Jesus, man. Get, get, somebody got a wind fan we can put on the hands here? Well, I'm going to need a towel in a minute. Lord. This is, I mean, this is all over the internet. This is going to be fun. Amen. We're married. So, Our wives are over there. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So, so if I say, come on, let's walk together. Let's, let's walk, Dylan. Let's Aww. walk. Oh. You want to swing hands? Swing, swing hands. No, swing, swing hands. Swing, swing hands. Come on, Dylan. Come on, Dylan. Come here. See, see, my son's, my son's over there having moments right now. You go, how can you do this? Because the strength in me is not based on what you think. The strength is based on the relationship that I build with him. Mm-hmm. And let me help you with something. I hold on to the hand of God. Mm-hmm. Ah, watch this. If I hold his hand, I probably won't need the hem of his garment. If I hold on his hand, I probably won't be stuck outside the gate beautiful for 30 some odd years. I might actually get what I need from him when I need it. But I'm so confident in who I am as a child of the most high God. 
that I'm not worried what you think about my relationship. I'm committed to give him everything that I've got until I breathe my last. And when I breathe my last, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. But let me help you with something. If you do not love the Lord God with all your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, you might not understand what it is to walk in glory. Because these four pieces are the things that you do in order to endure till the end. And the Bible says those who endure till the end shall be saved. Not those who show up to church on Sundays and play the part. Those who endure. In order to endure, I have to give him my now, my eternity, my mind, and everything I've got. Yeah, that's good. Because what all of that says is, God, I trust you. More than I trust myself. How are we going to use this in 2020? I don't know. Will the people that see you outside of church actually think you go to church? Because if I could take a video of you on a Sunday, hands uplifted, singing like you lost your mind in your own rock concert. (laughs) Just getting it, just getting it. Then if I take that to your coworkers on Monday, would they wonder who that was? Or would that still be the same you? Do they see you on Monday the way God sees you on Sunday? Because if they don't, then you are only loving God in a ritualistic, emotional moment rather than with everything that you are. I don't want to ritualistically love God. I want to love him with everything I've got. I realize, here's the thing, watch. So yesterday, Tiff and I came here to pray, and, and, and I told you, I said, I've been working, and I've been got a lot of changes for the new year, and getting things fixed, and working on different things, and, and, and I handle all the graphics for the church here at the church, and, and I'm getting all these things done, and, and trying to get just printed stuff done, and blah, 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 all this stuff, bills paid, just end of the year finances, IRS stuff, all that stuff the church has to do, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, why do I, why do I feel like, although I've pursued God, I'm not filled the way I know I can be. What's missing? So I went back and looked at this scripture. Love the Lord God with all of your now. Well, my now has been in getting everything done. And I needed to set some things aside and make sure that he got more love than the now, the things in my now did. And he said, and love me with all of your soul. Don't love me for just the moments you're in. Love me for the moments we'll continue to have until you finish. Okay, I get that. Love him with all my mind. So my mind, the Bible says, those whose mind is stayed upon him shall be in perfect peace. My mind has been on everything else. Okay, God, I get that. You want me to rest that. I got that. And he says, and love him with all your strength. What are you tired of doing? Or what are you doing that's been making you tired? I've been doing all this stuff. I got it. So you've been loving that with all of your strength. And I need you to love me with all of your strength. And I'll give you the strength to do those things that you need to get done. See, what I'm trying to show you is is that in 2020, everything that you want from God is going to require you to do more with God. To love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. All your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if you're not, then you need to step up in those areas. I want 2020 to be a better year. I want it to be a great year. I want it to be the best year ever. I'm going to tell you this. I'm honestly living 2020 as if it's my last. Pastor, don't be so morbid. I'm not being morbid. I want to live with that much intentionality in my existence. Every day I want to live as if it were my last. I want to love my wife as if it's my last. I want to love my kids as if it's my last. Not because I'm afraid it is my last. 
but because I don't want to ever miss a moment to demonstrate how good God is to me. Love your neighbor. Love your friends. Love those people that slam their hands on counters at Texas Roadhouse because they're mad at Ford. Go put it in a microwave and call it a day. You're not going to die. At least you got food. But love him with all these things and watch what he does. We're going to get to the love people next week, but this week I need you to focus on loving God. You know what makes fasting easy? Love God. Oh, bro, fasting is a cake work for me when I'm focused on God because he gives me the strength to do it. If you're struggling in fasting, put more God in it. Put more God and let the struggle die. Okay? But we, we have to. We have to. The church has to do this. The church has to be better at loving God first. Love God first. Don't love me. Don't love the church. Don't love the house slide out. Love God. This will all become easy after that. My goal in ministry is to make you love God more than you love any of this. So that if I die and leave, you keep loving God. I am not the only way that can get you to God. I am merely a butler to open the door so that you live with him the rest of your life. Love God. That's where I'm stopping today. It's time that we truly, with everything we've got, heart, mind, soul, and strength, love God. God. Everybody stand with me.